Well, I'm very sentimental. John has got, I don't think he has a sentimental bone in his body, you know. (laughs) We could get done with this car and he'd be like, someone will come up to him and offer him some money for him and be like, you know, we ought to tell that thing. But I will never part from this. And that's what I'm really excited about is just knowing that we did this together. Welcome to season two of MTE's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. We combine expert interviews and personal stories to educate and inform listeners about electric vehicles. So, whether you're an early adopter who has been driving an EV for years, or if you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Brandon Wagner. And I'm Amy Byers, and welcome to MTE's Plugged In Podcast. Today we are on location in Lebanon, Tennessee, to visit with Brandon and his father-in-law, John. And y'all are converting this um, 1961... Austin Healy bug-eyed Sprite that is sitting here behind me from an ICE vehicle to an electric vehicle. So we're going to talk about that today. So welcome to the podcast. Um, First of all, I want to know, you've been working on this for some time. I'm not sure. You'll have to tell me when you started. But also tell me why. Like what, what made you think, oh, we should do this. This is a good idea. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start on that. So I used to have a sailboat and um, I got tired of having to pay the slip fees. Having a boat's expensive, you know. So I sold the boat and I told my wife, John's daughter, I said, I'd love to get a little MGB, you know, and, and with the sailboat money. And John said, you don't want an MGB, you know, you, you know, I, and I said, well, what it kind of led into this conversation where I told John, you know, you built all these British cars. I would have loved to have had one of those and um, I just couldn't afford them at the time, you know. So that sort of started the conversation and then it led to what, where we're at right now. Do you remember what happened Um, after that? What had happened actually before that was I'd gone to a car show. I thought I was through rebuilding British cars, you know, I thought I was done. And uh, there was one for sale on a trailer and I went and looked at it, shouldn't have. And it had no rust, and that's very unusual for an old British car. And uh, so I wound up buying that car, and I brought it home, and I got the engine running, got the brakes working all the way around, got where I could drive it up and down the road. And uh, that's about when this conversation that Brandon's talking about uh, occurred. And uh, I said, well, I've got this notion on this car to turn it into an electric vehicle. And I had just never done that before, and I thought it'd be an interesting project. And uh, I told him, and you're welcome to buy this car for me if you want this car. I don't care because I really didn't plan on doing another car anyway. And uh, so that's what happened. Brandon uh, purchased the car from me, and uh, we started getting parts and pieces, and and here we are today. Here you are. So you're you're a car man from way back then. So how long have you been rebuilding British cars? Uh, since I was in college. And is this just like a a hobby that that you well then it was a little more than a hobby i found out i could take an old british sports car it was only really a few years old then but they turned to junk pretty quick and uh people they were new over here and people didn't know how to work on them and uh you could buy them cheap so i'd buy them cheap and they're real simple cars they were easy to work on actually and uh i would fix them up maybe paint them and i'd sell them they were easy to sell college kids loved them oh yeah so i i did that to make money to help me through through school and uh and just enjoyed doing it and done it ever since yeah they are they they are impressive when you pass one 
on the street. They're, you're always going to turn your head and look at them. I think. I think, and they're fun. I, I know we were talking earlier. My my father, he he had many little British sports cars as I was growing up, and they are fun. We would get out on the curvy country roads and drive, and they are they're fun cars. So what's funny about John though is he would build them, and he would take a year, two years to build some of these cars. And then as soon as it was running, you know, we would come over and visit it. And I'd be like, where, where, where's the car? Oh, I, I sold it. You know, and he wouldn't keep it for maybe a, a few weeks or maybe a month, you know. Um, he, he just loved to build them. He didn't Yeah, yeah the fun was the project. Right, right. So when when did you start on this car? Like <laughs> like how, how far in are we in? To this project, I think we're four years. I thought probably about, about that. So is probably this the longest rebuild years. you've ever had? Probably is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of that was because it it's super expensive. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it took me a while to to save up, and then we had to buy the batteries. And I remember we bought the batteries right in the middle of COVID, so that was twenty twenty. Uh, it took me a long time to save up for those. We bought them from China, and it was like a three or four month delivery for the mm -hmm. batteries to come in. Yeah. So, and then every time you turn around, it's like every everything is a thousand bucks. You know, like, oh, we need this. Oh, it's a thousand dollars. But the first, the batteries, the motor, those are the first few things we bought, and that was several thousand a piece. And so uh, that's one reason it's taken us yeah. so long to right. get the parts. And we're not on a timer. Right. Know, right. So have you gotten like all the big components that you need? Are you still, I mean, when, when I look at this and, and we'll, we'll have a, we'll, we'll link maybe in the show notes to a tour or something of the car where you can really see in there, but I'm just like, there's really nothing in there. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. I know. Imagine what my wife feels like when she keeps yeah. seeing these bills, and it's like, well, there's nothing yeah, in there's that there's car. Nothing in the car, there's not even a seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we the big components we pretty much purchased. There's the the next big component would be like a dash. I mean, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, anyone that worked in the auto industry is familiar with CAN bus protocol. Well, all of these devices speak CAN bus, and you can get a CAN bus dashboard that will give you all these diagnostics on how many, uh, how much range you have, how much battery life, and stuff. That that we haven't bought yet, but we have everything we need to make it go. Now, obviously, it's it needs to be painted and it needs to be cleaned, and the interior. We have all the you know the seats and the stuff the that, go. that go in there. We just <laughs> took it out to make it easier to right. put, but. Yeah. I think we've got most of the big so ticket you, items. So, so some of the obstacles, obviously, was, you know, delay in shipments, finding the parts, saving up the money for the parts, you know, that type of thing. So now that that's behind you, were there any other obstacles, like even engineering obstacles? I mean, you don't automatically know how to, especially, you know, for you, you did ice vehicles. So you could probably do that in your sleep. But this is a n whole nother ball game here. So were there some learning curve obstacles? Were there some research, a lot of research you had there to was, do? Uh, I've got an electronic background from, from work. Okay. Uh, I've been in electronics most all my life. And uh, so that wasn't scary for me. I thought, well, I can handle that, you know. And uh, as we got into it, so much of it now is digitized. It's digital control right. equipment and all. Right. I have Brandon here for that. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> he can talk CAN bus and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that made that easy. If it were just me, I probably wouldn't use the battery management system, which is all the digital stuff. Mm -hmm. It would probably be more mechanical, just switches and latches and 
relays, that type of thing. So I guess y'all are the perfect team because you're coming at it from two different sides and then you need both of those to make this run, so to speak. So um, that's yeah. good. It's, it's been fun because we've taught each other some things. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, early on we had a box that we had to build mm -hmm. to hold the batteries and John taught me how to weld. Um, so that was, you know, I'd never done that before and uh, I had a chance to learn that. And what little boy doesn't want to learn how to weld? Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Welding is fun. Yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> and then we had a chance that I, I had the terminal open and was showing mm -hmm. him how to send commands to the battery management system and look at, and so there's times I'll be at work and he'll send me a text and he'll be like, look, we're, we're in high voltage control mode. And, and so it's been fun to, to be a part of a project mm -hmm. where uh, I, if I would have worked on any of his bridge cars with him, I would have just been sitting there handing him wrenches, you know, and to, to be a part of it uh, and contribute a little bit. Right. has been fun. He contributes the majority of it. Um, I just, you know, every now and then I, I can play a little role. It's fun. Oh, absolutely. A big role. Yeah. So you said when you bought this car, you got it running as an ICE vehicle. Right. And, and then you just kind of took all removed the stuff all that. that. Removed all that. Oh, my goodness. So I guess when you're, when you're starting on something like this, like if you had, you know, the, the first step, you know, get the car, getting running as a car, I guess, um, would you even need to do that step? Like if you're you would need the brakes to work, but okay. you don't need the engine to work at so all, or need, the transmission. We're you not do using need to the make sure that, like it's it's running as an ice vehicle, so you can test these other components you're going to use. Would uh, that be your advice? Right. Uh, yeah. it, it wouldn't hurt, but yeah. it's not mandatory that the engine yeah. ever runs. Right. It really isn't. But it is nice to know that the brakes will stop the car. Yes, yes. Stopping can be very important. <laughs> yes, I can, I can see that. So, And there's, as far as starting, there's a million ways to start because we, we agonized for a couple of months. Do we go with an AC motor or a DC motor? Which sounds very much like who cares, right. but there was a lot of uh, consequences depending on which one we went with. And then do we go with a transmission or not? Mm -hmm. And we opted on a DC motor. Everyone uses AC motors now. This is going to be basically out of out of style before we even get started. It'll be old school. <laughs> it will be old school. We also decided we don't want a transmission. So, but a lot of I mean, part of that was because we we needed the space for the batteries, and if we have a transmission there, that's le that's less room we have to put batteries. So, well, I know we talked about that a little yeah. bit uh, before. I was looking in. I was like, are all of those batteries going to fit back here? And you said it would. We'll see. We'll have to come back and see if that happens. Yeah. We, we think we can get 40. So there's 48 cells. We think we can get 42 of them back here and six in the front. Okay. So you're going to have to utilize both areas. Mm -hmm. And they'll be laying on their sides yeah. and that sort of thing. So. And I know we talked about that this is not a trunk. This does not open. So it is a tight squeeze for you to get, to get them in there. But then you've got to, I guess, hook them up once they're in there. So it's going to be a little... Maneuvering. You may have to go to the chiropractor after yeah, that. This car is not a good choice, really, as far as putting batteries in. No, but it's going to look so good it will. on the road. It, it really, really will. Really That's will. another reason we're doing all of this work outside. You know, once they're installed, I don't want to get them out again. Absolutely. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can with the batteries outside the vehicle before right. we put them in. We're going to take a quick break from the podcast so I can let you know about Middle Tennessee Electric's EV Ready program. This program gives a $50 credit to Middle Tennessee Electric members who have installed or are in the process of installing a level two charger in their home. 
For more information on this program, go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Now back to the podcast. So what has to happen to make this street worthy? You mean after it's running and all? Or? Well, at, at this point. Oh, at this point. What, what all do we do? you have to do well, our to next, where you can get this out on the road? Yeah, our next step will be getting the batteries in the boxes in the trunk area. And we've still yet to build a box for the front area to put batteries in. Um, that will be the, the next thing. We have some of the equipment already mounted where it's going to be up up, in, up front. Mm -hmm. And um, once we get all that in, all wired up, it will it will run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's not going to be any storage space. So this is just like a round town car, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. just for fun. Just a fun, just a yeah. fun around Take the, the cars and coffee and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I know we we definitely want to see this at Mm -hmm. at our events and stuff. I think people will be really interested in it. And we've made a commitment to have it at the next big show next summer. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. So you've got a year. We've got You'll a year. You'll have to get now. on it. Uh, it yeah. may not be painted. <laughs> yeah. It'll be running. It'll, It'll be, be running. running. That's okay. Yeah. That'll work. Um, so once you have finished a project like this, and this may be for any car you do. You know, this may be your regular cars you've been working on. Um, when you take old cars like that, but but maybe specifically for, for the EVs, is there any special things you have to go through with the state to, to get it on the road, to get it licensed, no, to get it's, it? It's actually licensed now. It, it could be licensed right now. It has a title. It's just, you know, it's no issue at all. The state won't even know if it's electric or gas. They don't really care, I guess. Yeah. Now, will you, because you're um, building this yourself, um, charging will you be able to pull up at any of these chargers i mean you know with, are you doing anything special are you gonna have to do something you know in your garage or whatever to charge or is it the same as what you're gonna do with your tesla i mean let's talk a little bit about charging it really good question we we um it will be able to charge at any level two charger or i think any supercharger i mean the, the charger we bought uh, so thing about these cars is they have an onboard charger. And that's the thing that really tells what we call a charger is, is technically called an EVSE, uh, EV um, electric vehicle supply equipment. And what the onboard charger does is basically instead of the, the superchargers and stuff pushing electricity, that's, that actually pulls electricity. So this charger that we're going to have on here will tell whatever we interface it to, this is how much I can handle. And it won't charge more than what it what it's designed for, but it will be able to. We'll be able to plug it up to whatever, and and it'll be able to to charge at level two. So when you're driving around, mm -hmm. are you going to have something on the dashboard that says you have this much left, or you know, just yeah. like a regular? Yeah, it'll. Will so it have the features of like a new mod? You know, it, it won't be obviously as aesthetically pleasing oh, right, 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 right. but you know there's different there's low-end ways of calculating your mileage and there's higher-end ways we'll probably try to hit the middle where we can get some diagnostics but maybe not get the Cadillac version of that yeah. but you know it's a 27 kWh batteries the system that we're gonna have in it is pretty good size we think with as small it is it that it, as it is we think we'll have over 100 miles of range yeah. so we we do want to be able to have an estimate of how much range we have left and, right. and there's devices out there that will be able to interface to our equipment and tell us that 
So this last question, I want to ask you individually. So um, we'll start with you, John. Okay. Uh, first of all, what advice do you have to anybody out there listening that's thinking, I'm going to take on a project like this? Um, it's a big project. It, it really is. And it's a little daunting. Uh, you need some electronic background. You need a lot of mechanical car background. Uh, and it, but if you have that, it's doable. Yeah. It's doable. It will be a little expensive, but it's cheaper than buying a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but um, no, if, if you like a challenge, and, and I like challenges, and I think Brandon does, it's interesting. It's fun. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I'll just, to me, I'm not at a stage of life where I really want to take on a huge project like this. Just, I'm, I want, uh, I'm going to be happy to have a vehicle that my father-in-law built. He's built all these cars. There have been times where I've tried to go hunt down. I've thought about, I'm just going to go hunt down some of those cars. What I will always love about this car, whether it's electric or if we just stayed with the ice, is is knowing, is seeing it and knowing uh, we did this together. That I'm a very sentimental person. He is. I want to say y'all, y'all both um, won the prize for best father-in-law and best son-in-law. So that's well, I'm very sentimental. John has got. I don't think he has a sentimental bone in his body. You know, (laughs) we could get done with this car, and he'd be like, someone will come up to him and offer him some money for him, be like, you know. We ought to tell that thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but I will never part from this, and that, yeah. that's what I'm really excited about is just knowing that we did this together. And and it is a challenge, but you know mm. what's funny is after a while it starts just clicking. It's just yeah. like everything in life. You have to spend a lot of time with it, and you get really frustrated, and you you make your list, and it looks very overwhelming. And then you start just doing a little bit of it, and you, before you know it, you're like, wow. I'm, I'm starting to learn about this stuff. And, and then you can answer other people's questions. One thing I think is really important is try to find some folks that have done it. We met some people through the car club, actually. We have, actually have. Some of the parts we bought were from a, a guy in the car club. Uh, and he had done this kind of work. So he's been a great resource. That's a huge part of it. Find someone that's done it. Yeah. And there are books out there. I've bought a few books and we've gone through those books. And uh, of course there's YouTube. Yeah. And when you do this over and over, YouTube books, YouTube books, you, it's like you say, you start understanding how all this works and how it all fits together and all the safety things you need to have involved with it. And, and it just, you just get better at it. Yeah. You know, it gets to where it's not too hard. It's funny, you get all these wiring diagrams though, and you realize this diagram is 90% of what we want, but we're doing something a little different. And so you have to take and pull from everything. Yeah. We've modified diagrams to make it work like we want it to work. It's a unicorn. It's going to be the only one that's like it. So, Well, I'm excited to see it. And I know um, you made, uh, uh, we won't hold you to it, but we're all going to keep our fingers crossed that it's going to be at the next um, drive-in, supercharged, cruise-in event. Um, and then we'll all be excited to see it. And I know, you know, we'll, in a minute, we're going to take a tour. And we will link that tour in our show notes so everybody can look at that 
look at that tour. But so Brandon and John, thank you both so much for being here. Um, I can tell that you both have a excitement and passion for this project that's very contagious. So I'm sure that some of our listeners out there are going to be like, I want to do this now. So if you do, if you have some questions that you ha have for Brandon and, and John, be sure to email us at evcarclub at mte.com. And as always, if you have questions or if you have topics you would like for us to cover, email us at evcarclub at mte.com. And for more information on MTE's Drive EV programs or the EV Car Club, you can go to driveev.com. Until next time, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening. 